What's up, everyone? I want to tell you about a car that you are going to love. Check it out. The all-new Hyundai 2024 Santa Fe is equipped with everything you need to break free from the dull work week and embark on an adventurous weekend with your family. The all-new Hyundai Santa Fe's features like available H-Track all-wheel drive, standard third-row seating, I love that, available dual wireless charging pads, ensure that you can take on any adventure. So let's say you're ready to take the family on a camping trip or something like that. The Santa Fe is perfect for you. You've got all-wheel drive. You can load everyone up in the third row. It's time to start being adventurous, and you need the right car, and that's the Hyundai 2024 Santa Fe. Learn more about the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe at HyundaiUSA.com. Call 562-314-4603 for complete details. The perfect combination of versatile athleisure and training apparel has arrived. Thanks to the visionary minds of New Balance, Clutch Athletics, and Rich Paul, the designs reflect the heart of the athlete and the spirit of the community. With rising defensive football stars Will Anderson and Chase Young on the roster, Clutch Athletics brings the best innovative gear to all athletes, giving them style and performance on and off the field. Learn more and purchase Clutch Athletics at newbalance.com. This is Fantasy Football Today from CBS Sports. What a play! Can you believe this? No, I can't. It's time to dominate your fantasy league. Off to the races, and he stays on his feet. This is going to go the distance. Now, here's some combination of Adam, Dave, Jamie, and Heath. Beyond the box score after week six. What's up, everybody? Advanced stats from extremely simple people because we don't even have Jacob Gibbs today. It's just Adam Azer and Dan Schneier. This is going to go off the rails, folks. We just, oh, I just saw a tweet. It says, great news. Bill's running back Damian Harris has full movement in his extremities. And what I'm from what I'm told, it's a neck sprain and he's otherwise good. That's from Jordan Schultz. And that is great news. It was a scary scene. Uh, in Buffalo last night, but thank God, Damian Harris is fine. Welcome everybody. Hope your fantasy week went great. Uh, I'm Adam, and Dan is here. Uh, you know that. I already said that. Uh, Dan, what's going on? How's Fort Lauderdale? How are all, all those chain restaurants treating you? Fort Lauderdale, so far so good. In the office today, I like being here. The vibes good. The feeling is good. There's a lot of energy. Yesterday, especially during the Sunday games, was fun. I was expecting you might fly down for this, but I guess you're too good for us, so you didn't come down for the week. Or I have but, COVID, or so you know, didn't want to you know spread that. But sure, still have COVID. Uh, I, I mean, I'm in that. I'm in that that. Stage. I mean, this ongoing. Yeah, no, I I still tested positive this morning, but I, I'm fine. I'm just in that stage where I'm probably still contagious. So that. You know that, but a few more days and then I'll be good to go. But yeah, anyway, I uh, hope you're getting enjoying the sun. September and October sick, but yeah, basically. <laughs> yeah, that's okay. But anyway, good down here. No chain restaurants yet. Um, I haven't done any suggestions yet because it's been tough. There's been football Sunday, so I- I'll be hitting some this week. So thank you to everybody who shouted me out with suggestions. I'll hit the place you said, Adam. Uh, it's Thursday, I think I'm going out to lunch with Dave and Jamie. So we're going to figure out what to do there. Perfect. All right. So today we are recapping that stupid game last night. We've got a lot of new, a lot of news updates for you. And our five big topics are Lamar Jackson, uh, Devonte Adams, Bijan Robinson, zero RB, and some waiver wire and trade talk. Injuries are the storyline after Week Six. Not only was the football terrible, and 
Even Josh Allen goes out and lays an egg on Sunday night. Uh, but uh, not only was the football bad, the injuries were, were even worse. So Buffalo 14, Giants 9. Any big fantasy takeaways? Let's start on the Giants' side of the ball. Saquon Barkley was only started in 32% of leagues. I think you made the right call. He had one great drive. He finished with uh, about 13 points. It wasn't bad. It wasn't great. But at least he was out there a lot. 28 touches for Saquon Barkley. But uh, your takeaways from the Giants, Dan? Yeah, some takeaways. You started with Saquon Barkley, thrown right back into the fire, right back into the mix. The thought was maybe they'd ease him back in. Nope. Like you said, 28 touches, which is an incredible amount. Uh, the snap share was there as well. So he is somebody who is going to be right back in the mix as that one of the rare, in my opinion, RBs left in fantasy football who can get 28 touches in a game. Um, the other thing I thought watching this game was the offense definitely had a little bit of different feel to it with Tyrod Taylor running it versus Daniel Jones. More downfield shots, a 43-yard reception to Jalen Hyatt was taken back by a penalty that Terry McCauley, the rules specialist, said right after was a bad call. It's flat-out bad call. So that would have been an extra 43 on Hyatt's box score. Hyatt continues to work more into the mix. He's somebody to keep an eye on. But or more so than that, I would keep an eye on Wondell Robinson because Wondell Robinson is now serving as that third-down solution maker, the guy who can get open underneath on, sh- on short passes and create third downs because he gets vertical and he doesn't waste a lot of space. He had a good game in a PPR league, I would say. Yeah, and very. both those two guys continue to uh, work more into the mix. Now, things are going to change when Daniel Jones comes back. He hopes and expects to play this next week. But for now, those are the guys to keep an eye on. And Darius Slayton himself also got involved more in the mix in the vertical passing game. But from the Giants side, that's about it. They definitely looked a little bit more competent on offense. I felt like Justin Pugh actually helped them, signed off the street, signed off his couch, as he said on the intro for Sunday Night Football, and played left tackle in his first game back, was practicing all week as left guard, hasn't played tackle in five years. And guess what? He looked pretty competent there. I know the Bills had a lot of injuries, Adam, but those injuries were not on the defensive line outside of one major injury there. So definitely something to uh, look forward to. I think there was definitely a little bit of confidence in that Giants offense. Yeah, I think, you know, some teams that just play so horribly for a few weeks, they, you're ne- you can't play that poorly every week, right? The, the Giants, right. the Patriots come to mind. Um, I, th- I don't really think the Bills' defense is all that good, but I'm not sure. I don't think it's bad or anything, but I think they've got a defense problem potentially, and yet the Giants only scored nine points. Now, look, they were at the one-yard line at the end of each half and scored zero points uh, on yeah. those plays, and we all we want to even get into the terrible decision made at the one-yard line at the end of the first half. Darren Waller, managers, I know you're frustrated. Seven targets wasn't bad. 9.3 PPR fantasy points. Honestly, not that bad. It's not like he, he killed you. And clearly a pass interference on the last play. Look at the still images. I'm not going to pout about it or anything, but just from a fantasy standpoint, he could have had a touchdown on that last play. It didn't happen. They didn't make the call. This is a bad offense. I think the more the more Wondell Robinson gets involved, if Jalen Hyatt continues to get involved, Jalen Hyatt played a lot in this game. Uh, he played season-high 73% of the snaps. None of that is necessarily good for Waller unless they just have a better offense and can move the ball more consistently. Um, hopefully we get Andrew Thomas back for the Giants soon, but the Giants are the Giants. They have one must-start player. I guess I guess Waller, I still consider Waller, uh, I don't know. I consider him a tight end that's better than most streamers. You know, it's just philosophical. Oh, we're going to start Logan Thomas and Cole Komet over Darren Waller? Just start Waller, I think. Don't waste another roster spot on a tight end. Uh, on the Bills side of the ball, you just hope Josh Allen is okay. He's got a shoulder injury. Did he sustain the shoulder injury? In that scrum, shouldering, pushing into Bobby Okereke? 
I'm not entirely sure where he stayed in that injury. I would say from watching that game and just thinking about it a little bit more in depth, part of the issue was less shoulder injury and more Brian Dable coached with Buffalo for a while. He coached Josh Allen for a while. I felt like he had a little bit of a beat on the protections the Bills were running in the passing game. And that's something that he helped install during his time with Josh Allen. In addition to different types of coverages they could run to take away things that Josh Allen wanted to do, the Giants had one play where they triple teamed Stephon Diggs, took away that read. Josh Allen did, you know, couldn't get to the backside read, which was Gabe Davis fast enough, and it led to an incomplete pass and a scramble. I think the Giants had a really good beat on what the Bills wanted to do from both a pass protection standpoint and from a pass concept standpoint, and that really made things difficult for the Bills' pass game. And that's why when the Bills eventually did commit a little bit in the second half to the run game with James Cook, they found some success but before doing that they were very pass happy and this is more game specific for me i wouldn't be surprised if Allen gets right back on track next week even with the shoulder injury all right next week they're at new england and they have the tendency to absolutely destroy the new england patriots josh allen right now is the number one quarterback in fantasy he is number two per game behind any guesses let's see number one for fantasy number the behind in the per game is yeah. the guess uh-huh Oh, somebody it's gotta be somebody who's injured then or hasn't a buy, played all the game. Can or a, had a bye. Or a bye. Justin Herbert. Justin Herbert is your number one quarterback right now in fantasy in both four, four and six point. Um and uh Allen, look, he's playing great. You don't really have to worry about him unless there's some shoulder issue here. But we heard he was gonna run less. He is running less. He's on pace for three hundred and seventy one rushing yards. That's you know, Forty percent, maybe, of what we would yeah. expect from him. Uh, maybe more. No, more like sixty percent, I guess, of what we would expect from and him. I didn't see them call a single design run for him either. Um, especially when you look at kind of the contrast between Lamar Jackson. We're going to talk about a little bit. A lot of design runs in the red zone and design runs on third down zone reads where he has the option to keep it. Didn't see that at all with Josh Allen in this game. And I haven't watched a ton of Josh Allen tape, but I'm not sure. So sure that's a part of their red zone package this year or their third down package, which is definitely an issue for him fantasy wise. Well, he's overcoming it right now, as I mentioned. Um, number one quarterback in fantasy coming off a bad game and really nothing to talk about there except just, yeah, fewer rushing yards. Three straight games with fewer than 20 rushing yards. That's the second time in his career. All right, so Stefan Diggs is Stefan Diggs, but James Cook and Gabe Davis are certainly worth talking about here. Cook was started in 84% of leagues. He did not have a catch in this game. I talked about it earlier in the week. This is one of the things that the Giants are are maybe the best in football at. They do not allow pass-catching running backs to do much. It's 21, 21, 22 games in a row now where a running back does not have a touchdown catch or more than 34 receiving yards. But Nani, I don't even think he had a target in this game. So it's beyond just the matchup here. It's just... Uh, bad for him in that regard. Allen threw 30 passes, none to Cook. And Gabe Davis, I wish I had been more... I felt bad about Davis, but you don't want to bench like you don't want to bench the Bills passing offense, basically. I wish I had been more insistent on, on benching Gabe Davis. Um because again, it wasn't a good matchup. The Giants don't give up big pass plays. I didn't think Josh Allen would have to do a lot in this game. And uh, you know, I think Davis, I think we're probably gonna have to look at the matchups a little bit more. I basically just want a lot of pass attempts. I want more competitive games. For Gabe Davis. Uh, but James Cook, what are your thoughts on James Cook? Do you feel comfortable starting him at New England? It's an interesting spot now with James Cook because I felt like he looked really good on the broadcast angle. I've watched a little bit of the tape so far, not a lot. Um, did a good job create, uh, creating space in the runs I saw and understanding where the blocks are being set up. What I talked about a lot last week 
on the show, the mental processing side of it. I've always felt like that's been great since his tape at Georgia. A lot of people didn't credit for him for that, thought he'd be more of this receiving Kamara type back. I always knew he could be a good in-between tackles runner. The issue is no involvement in the pass game, like you said, Adam, and I'm not so sure that's a big part of their game plan. And he does get pulled a lot in the red zone for Latavius Murray. He had a couple snaps in the, in the green zone later in the game inside the 20, but they really do feel like they can just hammer home Murray inside the red zone, which is an issue for James Cook, without a doubt. I would feel somewhat comfortable starting him as more of a flex against the Patriots. I think with a lack of involvement in the red zone in the passing game, it's a lot like what I am, you know, projected might happen to Travis Etienne this year. Um, losing some of those touches on passing downs to Bigsby and in the red zone, which hasn't happened or hasn't surfaced the way we expected to. And obviously the long runs have helped ETN maintain value. But without the long runs right now for touchdowns with James Cook, it's hard to envision too many points. He Even some of the games he's had this year, Adam, where he's like broken 100 yards rushing, those weren't huge games because of no touchdowns. So it's an issue for sure. Just could you imagine if the Eagles had lost to the Jets, the Niners had lost to the Browns, and the Bills had lost to the Giants in the same week? Yeah, that would have been really wild, and it almost happened. We're close to getting that. We were one yard away from getting that. You don't sound good today, Dan. You sound constrained, constrained by being in an office, wearing a collared shirt. You just don't sound like yourself, Dan. Come out of your shell a little bit. I don't know what, what you mean by that, Adam. I think I sound fine, but listen, the rough night, bad Giants loss. It was. I'm in an office. I'm in Florida. You know I like it better in New Jersey. You know I like it better in North Jersey. <laughs> you know what's one thing about Florida? You, you you go outside at night, and you expect it to be cooler and nicer like it is on New Jersey nights. It's still so hot out here at it's all times. Great, I shouldn't though. complain about it. It's sunny, though, and which is nice. But no, I try not to be constrained. I don't really love this setup with the mic over here. I feel like I'm trying every five seconds to talk into it, but I'll do my best you to try what, to Dan, get myself feeling like myself. Do me a favor. Get up. Go to the bathroom. Uh-huh. Find a stall and let's just get yourself. <laughs> I know. I looked around this office. I couldn't find a single stall to work, to podcast out of. So I'm stuck in this, you know, podcast room. But it is a nice setup, besides the fact that I don't really love the mic right here. All right. Well, you should sign up for Sportsline, everybody. Sportsline.com, $9.99 a month, a dollar for your first month. You can use the promo code Richard or the promo code Heath. Make it happen. Uh, you get great, great fantasy advice, great gambling advice, DFS from the best DFS minds. I mean, these people have killed it in DFS. They know what they're doing. You want to make some money? You listen to them or watch, read them. Sportsline.com. Check it out. Live stream tonight, 7.30 p.m. Eastern before the Monday night game. We'll talk about the game if we have to. We'll answer your questions. Waiver wire is going to be nuts. So there are going to be a lot of questions. So here we go. Let's go to our news and notes. Justin Fields dislocated thumb. Don't know his status yet. Hopefully find out soon. Trevor Lawrence Lawrence hurt his knee. At the very least, it doesn't seem like it's going to be a long-term thing. But they are playing Thursday at New Orleans, which is a tough matchup. We're going to have to wonder, are, A, are we going to have Trevor Lawrence? B, if we do, are we going to feel comfortable starting Trevor Lawrence? Would you rather start a guy like Sam Howell against the Giants? I <laughs> think right now, I gut is telling me Sam Howell. Uh, Josh Allen's shoulder. Ryan Tannehill has got the ankle sprain. They've got a bye. But I wouldn't be shocked if he's out after the bye against Atlanta. Jimmy Garoppolo, back injury. Uh, Baker Mayfield has a bruised thumb. That was a new one. We didn't know that one last night. Christian McCaffrey, oblique and ribs. David Montgomery, ribs. Damian Harris, neck. Kyron Williams. Okay, both Rams running backs are injured right now. Kyron Williams has an ankle injury. Ronnie Rivers has a, a knee injury. He's going to miss some time. Don't know about Kyron yet, but uh, they, they thought after the game it wasn't that bad, but this is definitely one to watch. 
uh, against Pittsburgh this week. Ramondre Stevenson left, but he came back. Debo Samuel left. Um, that's pretty much it at wide receiver. Receiver's not so bad. And offensive line, Brandon Scherf for the Jaguars. He's day-to-day, but again, they're playing on Thursday. Trent Williams for the Niners. He did come back in the game. He was not himself, apparently. And he's, you know, arguably the best left tackle in football. And he was in a walking boot after the game. So you've got Purdy with Trent Williams banged up, with two of his best targets banged up. That's not great. And uh, they're at Minnesota this week. Lane Johnson, uh, who was it? Bill Barnwell on ESPN wrote really like a great article today about the injuries and talked about how when Lane Johnson gets hurt, it has a serious impact on the Eagles every time he gets hurt. So this yeah. is one to keep an eye on, arguably the best right tackle in football. And not a shock that the Jets beat the Eagles, I get. I mean, it was a little shocking. But that the Eagles struggled with Lane Johnson leaving that game in the first quarter, I believe. Um, New Orleans lost James Hurst, that offensive line. He's, I don't, just, I don't think he's long-term necessarily, but we'll see. Cleveland linebacker Anthony Walker is in the concussion protocol. We're hoping that Miami can get Xavier Howard back for their game at Philadelphia on Sunday night. Jonathan Jones for the Patriots, their cornerback, he left with an injury. Eagles had a couple more defensive back injuries. Chicago offensive guard Nate Davis was carted off. Jacksonville cornerback Tyson Campbell, their best corner, he left with a hamstring injury. They're at the Saints on Thursday, so that's pretty big news, I think. And Washington defensive lineman Montez Sweat left with a thumb injury. All right, when we come back, we'll take a break here. We'll, uh, We'll look at advanced snaps. We'll look at snap counts, got a little film review of Jamison Williams, then we'll get into our five big topics. We'll be right back on Fantasy Football Today. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. eBay Motors is here for the ride. Remember when you first saw the potential? And then through some elbow grease, fresh installs, and a whole lot of love, you transformed 100,000 miles and a body full of rust into a drive that's all your own. Look to your left. Look to your right. It's official. No one's got a ride like this. There's nothing else that sounds like, feels like, or looks like the set of wheels in your garage. With over 122 million parts, you can make sure your number one ride or die stays running smoothly, so there's no limit to how far you can take it. Brake kits, turbochargers, engines, exhaust kits, roof racks, LED headlights, bumpers, whatever your baby needs, eBay Motors has it. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, it's guaranteed to fit your ride the first time, every time, or your money back. Plus at these prices, Well, you're burning rubber, not cash. Keep your ride-or-die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. What do you think, Dan? Going to get under an hour on today's show? What do you think? I think so. No no, no Jacob here. It takes away a little bit of the advanced stat stuff, so we're just getting to a lot of film today. You know Jacob always yammering on. Never stops talking that Jacob Gibb. No, no, that's fault. usually on me. I'm the one, I'm the one who's always struggled <laughs> no, with brevity throughout my us. entire life. It's that, that would be a me and you thing. Um, all right. So just some advanced stats. Kirk Cousins had the lowest air yards per attempt and the quickest release time of any game this season per ESPN. 
Zay Flowers is eighth in red zone and 11th in green zone targets. Let's say he caught his first touchdown of the year. Lamar Jackson, we're going to talk about as a super low touchdown rate. But I love the fact that Zay Flowers is involved in the most important areas of the field. Taysom Hill, this one Dave gave me, most routes he's ever run, most targets he's ever had, uh, which was eight. He played 60% of the snaps. Taysom Hill was a legit tight end, you know, catching passes. Let's see his final line was seven catches for 49 yards on eight targets for Taysom Hill at Houston. They get Jacksonville on Thursday. Um, Logan Thomas had a terrible game, but he played 78% of the snaps. That was good. Cole Komet played 95% of the snaps. JSN played a, a season high 72% of the snaps. Excuse me. <clears throat> Still coughing. Uh, the only thing about this JSN I wasn't able to look into was how much was... How much did he benefit from DK Metcalf leaving the field for a little bit with an injury? I don't know, but he did trend in the right direction, I guess. T. Higgins only played 54% of the snaps. And Kendrick Bourne, huge game for him with 10 catches, 89 yards on 11 targets. He played 93% of the snaps last week. Kendrick Bourne played 87% of the snaps. It would be nice if they would just let one guy be their every down wide receiver. It was Bourne in week one, then they went away from that in two through four. Weeks five and six, back to Kendrick Bourne. Maybe we have a bye week replacement. Dan, you looked at Jamison Williams on film, who did basically nothing, but he caught a 50-ish yard touchdown. It was a big play for him. It was a big play for Goff. What did you see from Jamison Williams? I saw a lot that I liked. So I'm going to start with, for those who are pay, uh, paying attention and want to watch on NFL, if you have game film, if you signed up for NFL uh, you know, Plus and got that, go ahead. So the filthy double move he ran with 38 seconds left in the second quarter, I just thought it was awesome to watch how far the cornerback was playing off him in coverage. The ball didn't come his way, but he looks so smooth, fast, and fluid running routes. He ran a deep post on third and 13 with 1044 left in the third quarter. He ran a comeback on second and nine. This was the best route he ran of the game by far. Comeback on second and nine with 353 left in the third quarter. It showed the separation he can create purely out of respect for the defense. The play, the, the corner's playing so far off the ball, he's open for what feels like forever on, on this play. He ran a deep vert up the left sideline, stopped on a dime. This was 336 left in the third quarter, a few plays later. Full five yards of separation from the DB. This time, Goff threw the ball to him. Low throw, bad throw from Goff. Should have been another 20 yards on his stat sheet. Two plays later, the touchdown glided down the field, made it look so effortless. Did a great job, in my opinion, adjusting to the football. Had to flip his hips twice and then made the catch for the touchdown. And what I really think the big takeaway here with Jamison Williams is how defenses had to adjust to him. Later in the game, you saw in the fourth quarter, the Bucs had to play and this was at the first play of the fourth quarter, the Bucs had to play with a safety directly over the top of Williams-Adam, and that led to no safety help in the middle of the field for an easy, easy, wide-open, and I mean wide-open 23-yard pass to Amon Ross St. Brown, where the safety could not occupy that space because he was forced to get so vertical to account for Jamison Williams, and that was how they played it throughout the rest of the game. I think that's how teams are going to have to play it. Once you put on tape, that ability to make that play downfield and he like he did on that touchdown, Adam. This is the same thing I saw with Jalen Hyatt earlier this season when he put on tape that big post pattern against the Cardinals. Now, every time he's on the field, you see that safety help shifted over the top of Jalen Hyatt. Same thing for Jamison Williams. He's going to create so much space in the middle of the field for Amon Ross St. Brown to run more vertically oriented routes, those in-breakers, those dig routes, like he did on that one. It was a 23-yard gain. So I think Williams' emergence should really help Amon Ross St. Brown moving forward. 
And if Goff can get him the ball, it's going to help Jamison Williams. I mean, Williams was open a lot in this game, Adam. He runs the vertical route tree great, but then has that ability to stop on a dime. That one route I was talking about with 336 left in the third quarter, man, everyone should watch that route. I put it on Twitter so you can check it out there. He's running a vert up the left sideline, and the corner is forced to stop on a dime when he stops on a dime. The corner goes five yards back after stopping on a dime and then creates that separation. I think we lost Adam here for a second, so maybe give him a second to get back in. I know we You didn't lose me. I got you. I got you. Go ahead. Okay. Had some internet issues earlier, but yeah, stops on a dime and is just able to create that five yards of separation. Goff misses him with a low throw. Should have been 20 yards, like I said, but I'm excited about what Williams can add to this offense for Monterey St. Brown, and I think he's going to be a big play player who maybe not the most consistent player on a weekly basis, but somebody who can give you spark weeks. Sorry, Dan, I had to blow my nose. So I gave everyone a break and took myself off camera there. Um, It's all good. Yeah. So Jamison Williams, I think he only played 16 snaps. He's still getting his sea legs, I guess. Uh, He played 16 snaps. Amandra St. Brown, for example, played 64 snaps. So it wasn't a lot for Jamison Williams, but keep making some progress there. Make some plays. He's only starting to rise, by the way, Adam, like they have to get him on the field. The offense looks so much better with the space that he creates. And and this is what I've always said about these deep receivers. I'm sorry to cut you off, but it's so important schematically to get these guys on the field because of the space they create in the middle of the field for other players. Yeah. Keep going. I mean, I hope he's not. I hope he's can give us a level of consistency. Eighty-two percent roster, Jamison Williams, nine uh, percent started. But what Dan said should give you reason to to hold on to him right now. They're at Baltimore. Big game next week. Lions at Ravens. So we'll get into our five big topics here. Speaking of the Ravens, the first one is about Lamar Jackson. Magic Oriole says Lamar Jackson looks way better than his fantasy point outputs. Uh, I would agree with that for sure. He is currently the number six Q, uh, six QB in four point, number ten in six point on a per game basis. He's seventh and eleventh in four and six point per passing touchdown leagues, respectively. Um, the last two games have been a little rough for him because of two things. Uh, in week five, it was the drops. In week six, look, look at this. They were in the red zone four times and settled for field goals. On two of yep. those drives, they were inside the two yard line and settled for field goals. So uh, this, you know, it's just been, I think, a little bit of bad luck. The question is, could we have been saying this about Lamar Jackson each of the past two years where, you know, you get these huge games, then you get a lot of bad games or disappointing games. And, ah, he's just unlucky. And that maybe that's just him. But I don't know. It feels a little bit different. First of all, his wide receivers are obviously better. Uh, his numbers are better. He's throwing the ball better. He's much more accurate this year. His off-target rate is way down. His ADOT is down also, but not so much. He's still 13th in air yards per pass attempt. Um, I just think he's playing quarterback a little bit better this year. And then as Dan can tell you, the design runs are great. He's not a guy who's had a lot of design runs inside the, the five-yard line. This year, he already has four carries inside the five-yard line. His career high is seven. So I think there's a lot to like here for Lamar Jackson. I think he's playing pretty well. Uh, been the victim of some bad circumstances the last couple of weeks. I don't like his schedule. I will say that. I I don't like his schedule, but um, I'm optimistic. I, I do think the arrow's pointing up for Lamar Jackson, Dan. Yeah, you're right, Adam. You said it best. There were multiple times in this game where 
the conservative nature of the coaching in my mind led to them not scoring points in the red zone. Third and one run failed, followed by a fourth and one field goal attempt. You talked about the two times in the red zone, but the positive side of those red zone trips were, even though they didn't get there, I thought the one third and goal from the one, Lamar, in my opinion, did a poor job. He should have just immediately cut outside because uh, Richard, uh, their fullback, was was responsible for the block, but or Ricard was responsible for the block. And when you are when you have a, a running back, or I'm sorry, a fullback or a tight end, blocking the end man in the line of scrimmage. All you want them to do is lose slowly. And he did sort of lose slowly because you don't expect them to win those blocks, but you, you want them to lose slowly. That's like a coaching term you hear for tight ends and fullbacks, but he did kind of lose slowly, but Lamar kind of waited too long for it to develop. Should have just b- bounced it right outside. Would have had an easy touchdown. Um, but also I felt like it was a bad job by him not checking out of that play because if he did check out of it, he had flowers wide open on the immediate slant with no safety help. Could have been an easy touchdown. So I thought it was good to see the design runs at him in the red zone, even though it didn't exactly work. I thought there were good and bad things about Lamar Jackson's tape. First down, uh, the the best thing I saw was his ability to make checks and audibles at the line of scrimmage already, just six games into a system. He did it on the first third down of the game, checked to a bubble screen to Aguilar, great adjustment by him, saw something in the uh, the pre-snap defense, allowed him to get that 21-yard gain. Later in the game, the best play of his game was when he did a great job bringing the Mike linebacker. This was the 38-yard uh, gain up the seam to Lamar. Uh, sorry, to Mark Andrews. Brought the linebacker back to the left side of the field. By Once he caught the snap, you watch where the helmet goes. The helmet stripe goes straight to the left. He's holding the linebacker. He's holding linebacker. Linebacker's cheating over, snaps back to the right, and throws the ball to Mark Andrews up the seam for a 38-yard gain beautifully executed, but there were some misses. The third and nine was 740 in the third quarter. Lamar misses uh, 15 wide open and then escapes right. And this is a problem that I've seen a lot, just watching a lot of Daniel Jones, Adam. When you escape right out of a pocket instead of manipulating the pocket and staying within the pocket to find a new landing spot to throw from, you cut off half the field and all the D-backs collapse back to the routes and there's just nowhere to throw the football. He did have a nice job on third and six to get them out. This was 320 in the third quarter. Working back to the check down to Gus Edwards, worked all the way through his progression from left to right. Good job there. There were a lot of offensive line breakdowns, I thought, in this game that kind of um, you know prevented bigger plays. Lamar missed an open play, a shot play to Nat Aguilar with 40 seconds left in the in the second quarter, first and 10 from their 37. But you know, the positives here are he's moving, he's progressing through the offense faster than I thought he would. And it's still a lot of quick game, by the way, Adam, like a lot of quick game passing game, not yeah. too much deep stuff down the field. They, they, they dial up deep shots off play action though sometimes, but the positives are definitely he's moving through his progressions fast for how, you know, soon he's in the offense, making checks and, and audibles at the line of scrimmage that are leading to big plays. And then the design runs. But I do feel like there's still a long way for, in my opinion, for him to go to get more comfortable within this offense. And he's missing some things in my opinion, from a, from a uh, processing standpoint. Okay, well, uh, I think Zay Flowers is really make, makes a big difference for me. Um, I wish they would stop running the ball so much. I, I guess you can't yeah. really just get away from it, but they just don't have a good running game. You know, it would have been great to see what J.K. Dobbins could do, but they they really they, they, these guys are just not getting it done on the ground. But all right, Jackson, but you're right, Adam. Too. What's that? Like multiple drives were stalled by them getting yeah. you know eight yard pass on first down, then run run on second and third, and then kicking field goals. Yeah, I, you can't just throw every play, but they don't have a good run game. All right, next up is uh, from Jose Perez. Devontae Adams' poor fantasy play uh, since his two-touchdown game. Why? Yep. I don't uh, know. Well, Adam. Yeah, I, I don't have an answer for this one. I mean, like I, wa- I watched his routes, and he just wasn't really open all that much. Certainly, he demanded some double coverage. But I can't sit here and say, like, oh, it's his shoulder. It's not like they were jamming him on every play. 
I, I don't know what it is. I, I don't really think it's necessarily the shoulder. It's obviously feels like a co- it can't be a coincidence. He has, I think, nine targets in his last two games since the injury. But I'm not necessarily seeing anything uh, uh, to that, you know, like, oh, it looks like he can't separate because of his shoulder or anything like that. But I don't know, Dan, what, what are your thoughts? My thoughts were a few things. One, I feel like one thing I don't like about how they're using him, every single snap is as the X or the Z. So that means the boundary wide receiver. I would love to see McDaniels get a little more creative, moving him into the slot, trying to find good matchups for him. That's one thing I don't like. But all my other notes really suggest just, or a lot of this is on, in my opinion, just as I kind of, predicted it would be and I haven't watched too much of it until this week but on Jimmy G like really bad ball placement from Jimmy G the first time they were able to match up Adams one-on-one as the lone X there was a safety in middle of the field close coverage which is what you want what that means is one high safety uh in the middle of the field from this from the pre-snap so you won't have time to get over to the vertical Adams beats his man but the ball's way out of bounds not even catchable third and 11 they run as uh, later in the game a third and 11 zero blitz from the Patriots which gives Adams an easy one-on-one against the post but Guess what? The QB has his eyes. This is what happens with Jimmy G all the time. And it's fine. Like on this play, he hit the drag, he hit the drag and it was dropped. It would have been a first down. But the point is Jimmy G's eyes, like there's a wide open post against a cover zero blitz, which means no safety help over the top. Adams has all the space in the world to run the post pattern. Jimmy G can lead him, throw it out there, put it as much air as he wants under it. He just has to throw it more toward the middle of the field. But his eyes are not there. His eyes don't look in those spots down the field. They look to the sticks. That's where he wants to find his solutions. Then I saw him finally motion late in the first quarter, which was great. Motion left to right gives him man coverage. He, he, he you know, by putting him in motion, he can confirm man coverage pre-snap. There's no safety help down the right sideline. Jimmy's eyes just don't go there though. Like Adams had at least two steps on that one. And then later in the game, Jimmy finally goes to Adams with horrible ball placement uh, behind him. And almost and the interception almost got Adams killed on that one. That was a terrible throw by a terrible read by Jimmy. Terrible ball placement led him right into the defender. He made his mind up pre-snap. I think a big issue here is that Jimmy's eyes don't go down the field. Jimmy doesn't process well. Jimmy doesn't throw well downfield. We saw a little bit of, of you said, improvement. You kind of sound like someone named Jimmy who's talking about himself in the third. <laughs> yeah, person. it was like a Seinfeld. <laughs> yeah, 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 exactly. Uh, the, what's the Banyan? The Banyan isn't he the guy who talks third person about himself, or was it not Banyan? Who was the was it the soup the soup and the suit guy, or was it somebody? I don't remember. I don't know. You're the Seinfeld guy. No, it's Jimmy. Jimmy. It is. Oh, is it right? Jimmy? Yeah. Oh, okay. yeah, it's Jimmy. <laughs> that's why. That's why he probably. Does. So it's Jimmy. Actually, yeah. Jimmy talks about Jimmy, but yeah. Then finally, late in the game, when Hoyer came in, I thought Hoyer did a great job of throwing to a second window on a deep dig to Adams to find Adams. I got to be honest. I think just with Jimmy G, it's going to be a bad year for Adams. This is what I predicted. I know he had some touchdowns early on, but this is just not this is just not the offense for him, and it's not the quarterback for him. All right. Well, it's might not going to be the quarterback for him this week, perhaps, because Jimmy Garoppolo did leave with the injury, and Brian Hoyer came in. Um, I think if you if you just look at the full season, I'm on his stats page right now. Advanced stats. Uh, you know, air yards, slot percentage. I didn't actually didn't notice that. So good call by Dan there. He is in the slot a lot less than he usually is. So last year, 21%. This year, 11.6%. Uh, the years before that, 29.7%, 26.3%. But playing in the slot a lot less. So maybe he can get there. But everything looks pretty good. You just have to really focus, though, on the last two games, which have been bad. And I'll say this about Devontae Adams, right? Last year, he, weeks two and three, his second and third games with the Raiders, he had 12 yards and a touchdown and 36 yards and a touchdown. Weeks 14 and 15, he had 28 yards, no touchdowns, 15 yards, no touchdowns. 
So, you know, he's had, with the Raiders, two games twice. Two consecutive games with very low yardage totals. No more than 36 yards in any of those games. And he did catch a couple of touchdowns. Um, but I think that... So, so I don't really care about that. It, what I care about is the lack of targets the last two games for Adams. He has uh, nine targets. He has six catches for 74 yards. It's bad. Is it related to the injury? It might be. I, I can't really sit there and I say... Right, I didn't see anything that made it look like it was I don't a shoulder. See anything. I I thought he won on his vertical routes. The the, the left sideline one. I said, but it's not. Pure but vert. that's the thing. It's like he's not just. It shouldn't just be the vertical routes. I mean, the guy should be able to get open underneath. The guy should be able to get. That's what he does. He, Which he is. They don't really use him like that. They're using him on a lot of vertical routes as the lone X. But like you said, not a lot of slots, uh, slot snaps. Not a lot of easy matchups for him. Finally, when Hoyer came in, they used him on a deep dig, which is great because you can get him the ball. It's not even an intermediate dig, right? It was a 15 yard gain. But I didn't see him run that route with Jimmy at all at, during his time in the game. I, I just it look Derek Carr. Had his mind like he was on Adams was on his mind every snap. Like if Adams was running a vertical and he could confirm post uh, pre snap that there's going to be no safety up over the top, he's looking for Adams. There were three plays in this game where where Garoppolo got that and he didn't look for Adams. And it's just, I just, I don't know. I just think it's a different orient oriented quarterback from a processing standpoint, and it's just hard for me to imagine unless they start moving him to the slot, getting him free releases and easy matchups and making him part of the game plan that he's going to get back to a level that we want him to get to. All right. I, here, okay, I would say three three things concern me. What Dan's talking about, um, you know, which is him. Let's get him in the slot more. That's number one. Uh, number two, I guess number two and number three are basically the same thing, and it's Jacoby Myers. Because the, yes. the best wide receiver, or the, any receiver, any player at any position, the best number two receiver on a Devontae Adams team over the last five years was probably Mac Hollins last year, who had 690 yards. That's the most number two receiver yards of any player that Adams has played with over the last five seasons. So Myers is a factor, and Myers is also a factor in the end zone. Devontae Adams has only two end zone targets through six games. He had 18 last year. Yep. So he has gone from one per game to one-third of the one every every two games every three games sorry um so yeah so i you know you know me you heard me last week i try not to panic about players uh i adams is is one of the greatest receivers of all time i feel like he's going to be fine but there are some troubling trends there i still think he's a second round type player i i don't know that i would like would you take chris olave ahead of him i don't think i'd do i that. would yes you would yeah, I, I just I don't see much hope for Adams unless they oh, change come the on game. Now. Look, I mean, look at the first four games of the year. Twelve point six points getting shadowed by Sertan. Twenty point four points. Forty two point two points. Fifteen point five points. Come on, how can we say there's no you can you don't see much hope for Adams? He was great for the last two weeks. Yeah, maybe it's the matchup. Maybe it's I, I just it's and Hoyer will help. I think Hoyer will actually help him if Hoyer plays. I just. I don't know. It just doesn't seem Garoppolo. like the connection is there with Jimmy Garoppolo, especially Jimmy. in the red. You bring up those red zone stats. Like yeah. Derek Carr was looking for him in the red zone. Jimmy Garoppolo is not looking for him in the red zone. All right, let's take a break. When we come back, is Bijan Robinson a top five running back rest of season after this? Robert Half Research indicates nine out of 10 hiring managers are having difficulty hiring. If you have open roles, chances are you're feeling this too. That's why you need Robert Half. Our specialized recruiting professionals engage with our proprietary AI to connect businesses of all sizes with highly skilled talent in finance and accounting, technology, marketing and creative, 
legal, and administrative and customer support. At Robert Half, we know talent. Visit roberthalf.com today. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Shania, we got a chance. A chance at 50 minutes today. A chance. Uh, this one is from Jovan. Is Bijan Robinson a top five running back rest of season? So far, he is... 12th in non-PPR, 10th in half, 8th in full PPR. And B. John Robinson per game is 15th in non and 13th in both half and full PPR. He has two touchdowns this year. Only Alexander Madison has more carries than B. John Robinson without a touchdown, uh, a rushing touchdown. So, Dan, is B. John Robinson a top five running back rest of season? You know, I was thinking about this when we were going into the show, like where I was going to land on this. And I'm just looking at the running back landscape and how bad it is right now. And I think a case can be made that he could be in that mix, but it relies on some things that we're not seeing yet. And I'm sure you might have the stats to back this up, Adam, but we're still not seeing, in my opinion, the running back touches share I want out of Bijan Robinson. Yes, they've done a good job getting involved as a receiver. But at the same time, they've also expanded the receiving palette for Drake London in recent weeks, and he's become a key cog. And they've designed what I think has been the biggest reason for their success in the pass game over the last two weeks. And as an offense, and we've seen Desmond Ritter now get 300 yards passing in back-to-back games, 300-plus in back-to-back games, is the two-man routes they're running on the vertical tree with Kyle Pitts and Drake London. That's not something that really Bijan is involved in. So I almost feel like that role is not this. It was better almost in week one than where it's at now. So it's tough given the landscape at running back. We have so few players who are consistent on a week-to-week basis, Adam, and so few healthy players who are consistent on a week-to-week basis. It's tough for me to put him maybe in that mix, but I think he's definitely borderline. I'd just like to see more of a, a share from him in the run game and less you know, Tyler Algier. Oh, I think everybody wants to see less Tyler Algier. I don't know that we're going to get that. Um, you still have 80 carries through five games for Bijan Robinson. It's not so bad. You're getting five yards per carry. He's not the goal line guy. It looks like that's mostly going to be Algier. But the best thing about Bijan, the reason why I think he can be a top five running back in full PPR especially, he has run the second most routes among running backs. Only Kyron Williams has run more. He leads, this is surprising to me. Bijan Robinson leads all running backs in catches. He has the mm-hmm. third highest target share of any running back. Only Jacobs and McCaffrey have higher target shares. I don't think he's going to lead all running backs and catches because I think Eckler and Kamara will have more than him, but he's next. I think, I mean, he's like kind of in the McCaffrey range. He's not going to have a hundred catches or anything, but um, I mean, what's he on pace for? I didn't do that. Let's see. Yeah. There's so, so little involvement in running backs around the NFL and past games that his involvement still is, like you said, one of the best in the NFL. Well, he's on pace for 74 catches. So that's going to put him in the top five range. Um, also he's amazing. He's going to make incredible plays throughout the year. Uh, and maybe they'll just give him more work uh, as the season goes on. But Algier is definitely hurting his upside. I don't think Bijan can have an RB one season, like the RB one season. Yeah. But I did not expect a 73, 74 catch pace. That's phenomenal. Um, 
So and I think that works more to raise his floor rather than his ceiling. Yeah. Yeah. But I mean, eventually he's going to score some rushing touchdowns, right? He's just, he's just so good. Yo. What? I said, you hope. Yeah. I thought you said, yo, yeah. yo, what's up, man? All right. Well, it brings <laughs> us to our next category here from, for our next big topic from Rui Mauricio. Is zero RB the strong, stronger than ever? And uh, quick answer right now is yes, because if you look at the top 12 running backs per game in full PPR, six of them were drafted in round seven or later. That's crazy. And then Kamara was drafted in like round six, basically. He was just outside the top 60. So, yeah. You want to hear the top 12 per game? You have a guy who played one game, Eckler. Achan is two. McCaffrey, Mostert, two Dolphins running backs from the top four per game. Zach Moss is five. Kamara, ETN, Kyron Williams, Ken Walker, David Montgomery, Saquon Barkley, DeAndre Swift. This is, without question, the zero RB year, Dan. Uh, what do you make of it? Yeah, I mean, I, it's helpful for players like me in fantasy who are just zero RB almost every year. I mean, I, I don't mind a hero RB build if I get the right spot and I can get the right guy if I have an early snake pick or if I make the commitment in auction, which I don't typically do at that position. But... This is part of what we've talked about in the past, Adam. I think the biggest factor here is the thing that you laughed at at one point, but you won't probably be laughing at today, but the anti-fragility factor. Dan, I, I, cannot, I cannot laugh at something that I still don't understand. <laughs> we've explained it to you too many times. We're not going to explain it to you again. Go back and listen to the four <laughs> other episodes where we explained to you what it was, but – in a nutshell, for those maybe listening for the first time, it's the idea that you're not investing so heavily in the running back position because there is that fragility factor, that factor of the injuries that play such a fat, a big role at this position. And yes, there's injuries at receiver and quarterback more than we've seen at quarterback lately, but still nothing on the level of running backs. And we also see situations like Buffalo where you're not even getting a running back who there is their RB1 who's been healthy, but not even in, involved in the in the passing game enough, not involved in the red zone enough. There's just so few teams that have these workhorses anymore. And even on those teams that have the workhorses, if you're investing in them, you might get a three-week injury like Saquon Barkley or a three-week injury like Austin Eckler. It's just too high of an injury factor it's position to invest your best in assets. And you only get so many top ass assets in a draft every year, whether it be auction or snake. And it's just coming harder and harder to win when you invest in that position, because yeah, you can get lucky and somebody could be not injured the whole year at that position. But man, now Christian McCaffrey dealing with an oblique injury, Adam, I don't know what that's going to be for him. He tried to come back in the game, then couldn't gut it out. Yeah. I know in baseball and fantasy baseball, oblique injuries are like the death sentence. I don't know if it's the same for football, but they're extremely tricky in baseball. They're yeah. re-aggravate all the time. So, I mean, it's just, it's hard for me to ever get back on board with a running back, running back build or a, you know, robust running back build as they call it, because that fragility factor will be there throughout the rest of time. I don't, I feel like I only did RBRB in one league and it was Barkley and Pollard, I want to say. Uh, yeah, I remember that team you had. And that was... Barkley um, Pollard. Yeah, and that team's... Barkley, I took 10th, and Pollard, I took 15th. And how's how are we doing in this league? This is the FFT Open League. I'm 3-2, and two, but I'm about to be 3-3. Three and three. Um, But, you know, I, like, I have Ken Walker and DeAndre Swift on this team, so I just happen to be loaded at running back. 
Uh, I, you know, look, we looked at the at the running back landscape this year, and and sort of, and we, I think we kind of nailed it. I mean, it was a deeper position. It was there was a lot of value in the mid rounds. The fact that Achan has just been as good as it, that, we didn't see coming, you know. But I'm not really surprised by DeAndre Swift at all. Or Montgomery, I'm not surprised at all by David Montgomery. Obviously, now he's injured. No, but that, that's how- I'm not really that surprised either. As you hear all the things I say about Montgomery, but I always, I, I will. You can go check the tape. I always said he had good fantasy value as a seventh-round pick. Um, obviously, Zach Moss is a surprise. There are going to be surprises. But I'm not... I, I was drafting Raheem Mostert. Pretty lucky that Raheem Mostert got... Or uh, Jeff Wilson got hurt maybe like during one of our drafts. And I took Mostert pretty high and probably raised some eyebrows at the time. But I'm not super surprised. I'm, I'm surprised at just how good the Dolphins' offense has been. I'm not surprised that Mostert is a must-start running back. Didn't think he'd be fourth per game. So there's, there was a lot of talent, a lot of really talented running backs who had good track records, at least like on a per carry basis, like DeAndre Swift, Raheem Mostert, uh, that you could get late. Now, the question is, how many of them do we buy? You know, because I look at the guys, I, I told you that the late round running backs or the free agent running backs that are in the top 12 per game. A chance two, Mostert's four, Moss five, uh, Kyron eight, Montgomery 10, Swift 12 per game. Look at the guys who are right behind them. You've got Bijan, Pollard, Jacobs, Aaron Jones. At least three of those guys I love the roles for. I don't know what the Aaron Jones role is. I think hopefully we'll find out. He practiced today. He's going to play most likely in week seven. But Kyron Williams has two targets in his last two games, and now he's got an injury. And now he's hurt. Yep. Zach Moss is going to be maybe a flex. It's not his fault, but it's just, you know, Taylor. The Dolphins situation? I mean, look at Raheem Mostert in weeks four and five after Devon Achan broke out. He had 10 touches and he had 12 touches. He turned one of those games into 16 points. That's great. He turned one into five and a half points. Um, I could see some regression. I actually really like DeAndre Swift. I love the role he's playing. I love the offense he's in. He's catching a ton of passes. The only thing that could hold him back, I think, are injuries. You look at the other guys, and I think yeah. there's a lot that could hold those other guys back, except Montgomery. I think Montgomery's fine as long as he's healthy. Um, but I I still think I would take Bijan, Pollard, we'll see after tonight, Jacobs, who's running like, you know, doing nothing on the ground but getting so many touches, Aaron Jones. I would probably take them over most of those guys, but... It's a you know it's not that bad of a position. There's probably at least fifteen to twenty running backs I feel good about. What do you think? Yeah, just not the ones we expected on draft day. Sure, not all the ones. Yeah. I should say we expected. Yeah, but Bijan Pollard, Jacobs, and Aaron Jones, I still feel pretty good about. They're not top twelve per game. I would probably rank them in the top twelve rest of the season, at least most of them. Aaron Jones, we just don't know, but I'm hopeful for him. Uh, all right, last question is from Earl. He had five questions. I asked for five big topics. So his five big topics were, why do I even get out of bed? What's the point? Where did my life go? Waiver wire, trade targets. <laughs> clever, clever. Uh, well, there's always, you should always get out of bed. There's always, you know, this is how I always look at life. Even when you're down on yourself. I was down on myself today, Adam. The Giants, that was just a terrible it was loss. Tough. It could have saved their season in the sense that it could have made things competitive and fun for the rest of the year if they had won that game because they have a decently easy stretch now obviously with five losses it becomes so much tougher the margin for error is smaller but look 
you should always get out of bed in the morning because the next day could be so much better than the next moment could be better than your last. And can, it's a good way to look at things, in my opinion, when you're down on yourself. And as far as fantasy goes, the next one could be better. Keep an eye on Michael Mayer, the tight end, the rookie at uh, in Las Vegas. I had a chance to watch him when I was watching Vontae Adams, and I really like what I saw. Michael Mayer, I always felt, was an underrated prospect in the receiving game because he played in that Notre Dame system where, yes, they got him targets, but it just wasn't a good, healthy passing offense. And I thought he'd showed a great job of having, on his 32-yard reception from Jimmy G, a great job of having just a natural feel for playing football and receiver and tight end. He ran a deep route, but he adjusted back to the quarterback when he saw the play breaking down, stopped, turned it into a comeback route, which was perfect against that cornerback who was playing outside leverage and deep down the field. And that helped him, you know, make a great play on the football. Um, and then another play where, you know, deep in, it was in the deep half. He, there was a ver- slot vert that created space. He made a cutback and made a man miss. I thought he was good after the catch, Michael Mayer. I thought he was good at creating uh, for, uh, force tackles as well as yards after contact. Both of the two things I look for. He's a huge target. He has an excellent feel against zone coverage. So I would definitely take a look at Michael Mayer if you need tight end help this week um, or and as someone who you would pick up as well, uh, just to just to kind of boost that position for yourself. For those of you wondering, and I did see a comment earlier, that I, I said I wouldn't care at all if the Giants lost last night. Mm. I meant that when I said it. If they had just gone to Buffalo and gotten their butts kicked, I wouldn't have cared at all. And that's actually bad. Like we don't, You don't like apathy. But to lose <laughs> like that, to lose like that was tough. And it's been a bad yeah. sports run for me. I mean, it's been a it's been a bad few weeks. Same with that freaking. I mean, I just watch I just watched my college football team, Adam, Wisconsin, lose a football game to their main rival at home, where the opposing team through the fourth. I, I don't. It might have even ended like this. Had thirty nine yards passing. Iowa beat us with thirty nine wow. yards passing. How do you lose a football game where the opposing team is thirty nine yards passing? I don't know. And they might have ended up with like sixty. Don't quote me on that. But at one point, it was thirty nine. I know you don't think that was worse than the Miami Georgia Tech loss. Like, there's no way. Nothing is worse than that Miami. Georgia exactly. Tech. Out of out of decency towards you, Adam, because you're my friend and you become my friend, I did not bring that up at all. Yeah. Even though there were definitely opportunities for me to, you know, crap on you for that. <laughs> it was the worst loss I've ever seen in my life yeah, in football. It was. I, I think that guy should be fired for not kneeling that game out. I don't think there's any excuse for it. I know he's done that in the past when he was at uh, Oregon or whatever, but like just terrible coaching. Like you kneel there every time. Yeah. But yes, that was the worst loss I've seen in a long time, if not ever. I have been I haven't been able to shake it. It's been 10, I don't blame it's you. It's been ten days now, nine days, whatever. I haven't I haven't been able to shake it. It it ruined the whole season. It just ruined everything. Anyway, waiver wire is going to be yeah. super interesting, Earl. Uh, who's the number one waiver yeah. wire priority? I I would say Jordan Mason right now. Um, Sam Howell is going to be pretty popular I don't this know week. That. Yeah, I don't know, man. Craig Reynolds. Craig Reynolds. Ryan's got yeah. a lot of touches this week. He's. Um, I'm somewhat concerned with the idea that it will be Jordan Mason, though. I think when they get a week to game plan, it could be Elijah Mitchell. It could be. Uh, sure, it could be. I Look, I hope it's Christian McCaffrey and we don't have, have to have this conversation. Right. It This feels like a week of a lot of really not so good waiver wire options. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so Just like last week, DiMarcado. I mean, look at some of the plays from last week. Dante Foreman was killed. I started both of those guys in desperate leagues, Adam, and they just both killed me. Well, this Foreman, week. I mean, Foreman, you got a lot of work. You just didn't get a touchdown. DiMarcado was obviously this is like a. Path- but Foreman also lost a lot more work than I thought he would lose. Like, I thought that would be more of a 70, 80%, and he was like more like 50, 50 for, for, for the most part in that game. 
Yeah, I'm not sure there's a must-add guy on waivers this week, but I would probably no. look at. I would probably. I think it might be Sam Howell if he's available against the Giants. Giants defense is is improving. Um, yeah, I'm gonna go out on a limb here, Adam, and 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 make this call early so people will know I said it. Uh, I think Sam Howell will have a bad fantasy game against the Giants. The Giants defense took a massive step forward this week. Maybe it was because they knew the protection schemes because Dable play uh, coached in Buffalo. Maybe I don't know. They looked really good. Bobby Okereke looked unbelievable in that game. Yeah, uh, and we'll see what happens. But I think they're gonna really frustrate Sam Howell and make things really difficult. Wink Barndale was in his bag against jo- Josh Allen, and I think he'll be. Even better. Against it him. is bad. I love it. All right. Well, uh, thanks for everybody for oh trade targets. I let's wait till Wednesday. Um, yeah. I don't I mean, have anyone that jumps that off the page. I mean, I would I would trade for Devontae Adams. I think it's worth taking the gamble on that. It it just takes one week for him to go back to being himself, and everybody said, Ah, Devontae Adams is fine. Don't even worry about it. So I would do that. Um, but also, this is what I would say about trades. This is the best week to do trades. You need to look at teams that are ravaged by a buy or ha- like pick one of the six teams that are on a buy. Pick a player you like on that team. Find a manager that's two and four and absolutely needs a win. And you take that, you know, stud player. I'm kind of drawing a blank on who has a buy this week. Um, okay, let's see. I don't this, know the buys let's just, let's yeah. go through this real quick. Week seven is the Panthers. So if it's Thielen you want, maybe it's Jamar Chase. Is there a two and four Jamar Chase manager? Is there a two and four? Joe Burrow manager. I think better days are ahead for him. The Cowboys are going to be on a bye. Let's see what happens tonight. But is there a two and four Tony Pollard or CeeDee Lamb manager? They are desperate. You go and you make that trade. You get your ass out there and you find that dog. Wow. I'm surprised by the A word that you just dropped. And I was... And I wasn't even sure where you were going to go with that because I knew what was coming at the end of that quote. Yeah. Obviously, I'm a huge Madison fan, but I, I, you, you passed over it. Right yes, so. yes, I did. Have a great day, everybody. We'll talk to you tomorrow on Fantasy Football Today. Actually, we'll talk to you tonight. Have a good The wait is over. The Shy returns with new episodes on Paramount+. Plus. What brings you to the Shy? Opportunity. Everybody get down! A new rain is coming to the South Side. Never should have sent a boy to do a woman's job. The Shy. New episodes now streaming. Visit ParamountPlus.com slash The Shy to get a 50% discount off the Paramount Plus with the Showtime annual plan. Offer ends July 14th. The subscription auto renews. Restrictions apply.